0: The, go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment, so you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP. Meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at McDonald's. Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
2: Cabo meal, valid when product served.
0: and welcome to episode number 86 of the LSR Podcast. My name is Matt Bryan. Joined each and every week by the brightest minds in all the gaming industry with me. I have Dustin Galker. I have Adam Candy. You can find them on the Twitter machine at Dustin Galker. At Adam Candy, that is two E's, no Y. If you want to uh, basically at one point probably lose a guy that you're following because I'll get kicked off the Twitter. You can follow me at Matt Brown m uh, 2 Go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. We really do appreciate uh, you helping us climb the charts there and all the ways that we can listen to podcasts out there, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, et etc. Et Guys, we're going to talk, of course, we're going to talk about some state news. We always talk about New York, so we're going to bring that up. We're going to talk about some big numbers that are going on out there. We're going to talk about a state that seems like at any hour we might could be going... Live, There was an acquisition, uh, not a big one necessarily, but a, still an acquisition that looks like there's going to be a new media entity involved in sports betting. We have that, and we'll also talk about what's going on in D.C., BetMGM getting involved over there. But let's kick things off first and foremost with a story coming out of New Jersey where the Department of Game Enforcement is looking to uh, slap some hands over there at them.
2: This could be more than a slap of hands, depending on the way things go with the investigation. But what we see is a memo from the Division of Gaming Enforcement in New Jersey, the regulator there, which is a two page memo laying out multiple complaints that they received, suggesting that it was difficult to withdraw funds from sports betting accounts and that it was taking up to two weeks for some people to receive their funds. Of course, this is not an unusual type of complaint for the division to receive. Sometimes there are investigations going on internally in a company as to whether those winnings should be paid out, et cetera, et cetera. But the memo makes clear this was being received in such a volume that they needed to take a deeper look into it. And what they found was that some winnings were indeed being delayed and perhaps way more disturbing than that. Uh, Some betters were even being encouraged by the operators to keep their money with the sports book. They were being prompted, messaged when they tried to take their money out, saying, well, you know, you could keep it here and bet it with us. And there are some that even got bonus offers to keep their money with the book when they were trying to cash out. Let's be 100 percent clear about this. This is some shady B.S. that cannot happen. The legal regulated market has made its pitch to be that these are the types of things exactly these types of things that don't happen, that this is where your money is safe, that this is where you can access it at all times. So to put a delay of any amount of time, especially two weeks, and then above and beyond that, to potentially be trying to entice people back in is some garbage that absolutely cannot happen.
0: This is uh, taking a page from the old Gray area online poker stuff. Uh, back in the day, you would go to withdraw. They would come back to you, "Are you sure you want to withdraw?" And it would be like, "Hey, if you don't want to, here's a tournament ticket. If you don't withdraw, and here's whatever, and all that, and like that used to be a a very, I mean, literally one of the first things I remember from back in the day in online poker is is the the delay on the withdrawal with the oh man, don't don't take that money off the site. We need that for the good of, of the economy here. So let's uh, let me let me spiff you for doing. That Dustin, I know you remember it uh, very well.
1: Absolutely. I even though I was not a great poker player, I sometimes did withdraw money not once in a while. But <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, Adam hit it on the head. This is this is something we, we're here trying to say: regulated sports betting. And this this is also probably applies to other to online poker and online casino. It, we did not get what operators were involved in this uh, from the DGE in New Jersey. So this is yeah, this cannot happen if we're going to say this is we're better and. Uh, more transparent than what's going on in the offshore market and, and even in the UK where this has been a problem as well. You got to stop this. This is why we have regulations. So we're not doing this nonsense. This is a huge responsible gambling issue. Anybody who's doing this should should be ceasing and assisting now. Absolutely. And the, I mean, the other part of this is this is just New Jersey. There's, if this is happening in new jersey i guarantee you this is happening in every other state where there's legal sports betting uh, at least, you know we we presume some of these operators that are in, in new jersey are doing it in other states too this is not a new jersey only problem new jersey uh, you know not people don't always love what the regulators do there necessarily but they are at least transparent they put this out um i have, we, we have no sense of whether any other regulator in any other state can wrap their their minds around this or even know it's a problem or if fieldedish calls but there there should be a, this should be now going to every other state where we have legalized online sports betting and online casino, Pennsylvania, uh, Indiana, Colorado, et cetera, et cetera. All the states that we talk about all the time. This is this is this is not a good look for our, for the industry and it should stop immediately.
0: Adam, listen, this is one of those things where I, I think this is going to be kind of an ongoing and I'm not talking about the, uh, you know, trying to. Get people to stay and keep their money on the on the site, but what I'm trying to say is, uh, you know, just the, the the deposit to withdrawal time limit, right? Because this is something that's been going on since the beginning of time that you can fund your account. Instantly, right? I mean, like you can literally have funds in your account in a matter of seconds and then always the withdrawal process takes longer. Be that, you know, a day, two days, a week, it should never be taking two weeks like we're talking about in this instance right here. But I think this is always going to be something that we need to Kind of make sure that is continually getting checked, continually getting monitored. Make sure that these sites are streamlining that process as much as humanly possible. Because, again, there is we understand why it takes a little bit longer to deposit than it to, to withdraw than it does to deposit. But that being said, just the optics alone that you can fund your account in seconds and the fact that it would take, you know, upwards of two weeks to to withdraw is just not good for this industry moving forward.
2: No, I would say that the Hotel California method of doing things where you can check out anytime you like, but you can never (laughs) leave is probably not going to work for the regulated market. Uh, The biggest problem with all of this, Matt, is that within an hour of this news coming out, I saw a tweet from the Offshore Gaming Association capitalizing on this, jumping right on it and saying, this is the problem, right? Like pointing out exactly what the problem was. And it doesn't matter, let's say, you know, with more than a dozen operators in New Jersey, right? It doesn't matter if it's the smallest operator who is doing $500,000 a month in handle. The stain applies to everyone once it's out there. This memo doesn't specify which book and you wouldn't expect it to from the DGE, but it doesn't matter. Because this will be a stench that follows, not as Dustin and you were both saying, across the country, no matter how long it takes, this is going to be brought up in every state. This is something that, as you said, has a history, but Mm -hmm. it's an uphill climb with regulators. It's an uphill climb with legislators. And it only takes one story like this to be thrown in front of legislators and regulators who are hesitant to make them even more hesitant.
0: And Dustin, it wouldn't surprise me with something coming out like this, if we start to see books, uh, you know, the ones that some of the ones that know that they're not participating in this, the ones that say that definitely we're doing quick payouts, we're not doing any sort of delays, stuff like that, like. I would expect this to be a, an opportunity to capitalize for those people as well Like I, you know, if you're If you guarantee payouts within 48 hours Or something, or within 72 hours It would not surprise me If that becomes, you know, something that We don't really see that right now We really, it's more about the deposit bonuses And, you know, hey, sign up for this And yada, yada, yada But I mean, you know, as these As bettors become more savvy And as these markets mature Especially like a New Jersey market Where these guys have been around for, for years now um, You know, as we progress That wouldn't surprise me to see that be a marketing angle with these people like, you know, guaranteed payouts within 48 hours or something or yada, 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 which, you know, for a for a savvy better for someone who does this to to try and make money and stuff like that. I think it's a I think it's a, a fairly compelling pitch.
1: Yeah. And look, payments are a difficult issue in online gambling, and mm-hmm. they have been for a long time in the US. Like, it's not, it's, there are reasons why it takes a little longer, uh, you know, anti money laundering, you know, doing, mm-hmm. making sure that money is going out to the person it's supposed to, etc. cetera. That, there's reasons for that. But again, this example that we got from the DGE, the, the slow rolling over weeks is just, just nonsense. There's like, if you've taken that, taken a customer's money, there's no reason it should take, yeah, I don't know what the time frame is, but it's it's certainly not weeks. It's not. It is not. there's not right. have an S on the end of it for weeks. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, we need. And if I'm an operator and I'm doing everything above board, I'm coming out and saying that. Like, right? Uh, you, yep. you you should you should be you know this you know, there, there are ways to differentiate your product. And one of them is saying, Hey, I'm, I'm, we're, we're being a responsible company. We're not engaging this practice. We will get your money as, as fast as humanly possible. That seems like a good marketing pitch to me. You know, we talk a lot about what sports bettors want. You know, if you're withdrawing, you, you want your money. Uh, I mean, I just did a yeah. withdraw- <laughs> uh, humble brag. I just, I would, I withdrew, uh, we use play plus here in Oregon, or I do at least uh, I got the money off onto the card, the card got to the, to the bank that all took three days. That, that that's reasonable. Go. And that's the way it should be. Uh, I did not. And uh, the, the company or the lottery did also did not ask me to try to redeposit either. So uh, I don't know if they even have the, the wherewithal to do that. But anyway, again, the, the whole thing is we, we 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 keep saying that regulated is better. Here, again, when we, like Adam says, we don't know how many this is this applies to, but it, it only it only takes one. And it, then it applies to everything. Mm-hmm. And it's the nuance is left to us to deal with this. But the, the nuance gets lost as soon as you get out of our little echo chamber of, of the sports betting industry. Right.
0: Uh, Adam, is did you? Yes, he said humble brag, but he didn't say that is uh, that is Russian ping pong winnings that he's <laughs> withdrawing right there. <laughs>
2: You know, I thought it was all this Belarusian soccer that he was rolling over <laughs> since the summer. <laughs> the,
0: the Russian ping pong winnings are on the card right now. Good for Dustin. Uh, guys, let's go ahead. I mean, listen, we love to talk numbers. We love to talk big numbers. I made a prediction on this podcast that in December that we would hit $1 billion. I thought with the uh, addition of the NBA, with the addition of college bowl games where people bet on football, college football, whenever they haven't. Bet on college football all season long would probably get us there, Dustin. I was wrong, but I was not very wrong.
1: I don't know. In in DG Sportsbook, I'm grading you a winner. We're gonna round. We're gonna round up to a billion <laughs> dollars and, right. and, and, and call it a winner. Why not? I mean, uh, we don't have any rules here for the for my my sports book. I actually don't take any bets. But yes, we had just <laughs> just under a billion. I mean, we I, I thought we'd get there, too, just based on what we saw in November. But 996 million uh, was wagered in December, the most ever by any state, obviously, by a long shot, because it was in the 800s last month uh, or 900, I, bet, I guess, you know, 930 million in November. So up from that uh, sports betting revenue, 66 million. Uh, hold rate of six point six percent, but yeah, just the the continued growth of the industry. We we had all these these uh, these tailwinds for what we saw. This is not a, a normal December. Uh, we had everything that was going on, in addition to yeah, lot, lots of college basketball after a, a long hiatus and coming back in November, and the NBA launching right before Christmas. So a lot a lot to there's a lot to to do there. This is obviously you know we're not done growing in New Jersey. We will definitely uh, I think I get I don't know I don't think we can hit. January, because we're not going to have a full slate of, of football in January. So we're going to we're going right. to see a, re- a recede a recession, not a recession, I guess. But we're going to see the number pull back a little bit in January. But we do have NHL coming back, which is, is some amount of, of that we're going to see, you know, pretty big numbers still. But we will see a billion dollar month, I think, almost certainly once we get to, uh, the, to, to the second half of 2021.
0: Adam, no shock. You know, we uh, I saw the numbers come out from. DraftKings sportsbook sports book that this past national championship game was the highest wagered on college football game of all time for the company of course they are in many more markets now so that makes sense that 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 would be the case here but whenever you see the growth you know in in new jersey you start to see that you know this college this college football game actually whenever we start to look you know it it, it was not only this college football game that outdid the national championship game from last year, but even a couple of the playoff games from this year outdid the national championship game from last year. Again, additional markets in the fold here. So you kind of look at this number in Jersey and we've seen the market just continually steadily increase. We've seen it mature over time. Now, of course, it being the one that's been around the longest outside of Nevada. So it does make you wonder what a, Illinois is going to look like what a Pennsylvania could possibly look like down the road when a Michigan does come on board what that could look like you you start to wonder are we going to have multiple states with a billion dollars in handle a couple of times a year and I think it's probably pretty I think that probably is the
2: favorite. A lot to break down in that last statement. So let's start with uh, the college football playoff there, just as its own entity. You mentioned the fact that it was the most wagered upon. Of course, that number is somewhat fungible, as you said, because of markets. But keep this in mind as well. It was the least watched college football playoff championship mm-hmm. in quite a long time, which is something that bodes well for the sportsbooks going forward, because Essentially, you could say that you might not have had a ton of casuals involved in this, right? Because the game didn't draw a lot of eyeballs, but it seems like a lot of the eyeballs that it did draw wagered on the game in some way, shape or form or the other uh, two playoff games prior to it. You mentioned other states and their ability to get to a billion dollars in handle. Absolutely. I, I don't think there's any question about it. I think when you look at a state with the size of Illinois, with the size of Michigan and those two states not having any regional competition, Mm -hmm. uh, you're looking at them being great candidates. Now, you know, we talk about New Jersey, Pennsylvania and the Northeast states. Uh, I know we're going to get into talking about New York in a minute here, but New York will have a big influence on whether those states are able to stay up at the lofty numbers that they've been putting up for the uh, for the recent past here.
0: That is a very good segue here into what is, you know, the latest here in New York. I mean, it is, if it's not one thing, it's another. We know that it is now at least been, uh, you know, uh, the idea of this is now being accepted by the governor. That was kind of step one here. Then step two was maybe let's not have a single provider thing. We did have another, uh, uh, some new stuff introduced over there as well. So it seems like we're at least we're, we're progressing in New York. Are we progressing to what we want to where it needs to be? What do you say about that?
2: This is all a matter of whether you think Governor Cuomo is going to be willing to compromise at all, because the new development is not a surprising development. It's that uh, Senator Joe Adabo and Assemblyman Gary Pretlow are pushing their bill. Again, Sisyphus with the boulder up the hill. Here we go with these guys. Uh, But they did end up introducing a two-skin bill. So, you know, originally we were looking at this and saying, well, if it's one skin, then you're only going to have seven licenses. Now they introduced a bill that does have 14 potential licenses. Now, that is, of course, in direct opposition to the governor's plan to have one operator selected via a competitive bidding process through the New York State Gaming Commission. So the question is, Is it my way or the highway for Cuomo or is his proposal the starting point? And then we try to whittle down during the legislative slash budget process from what the bill is to what the governor proposed and try to find something in the middle. Because obviously, if it doesn't have the governor's support, the bill that we just saw introduced this week and they can't garner legislative support for the governor, then, you know, we're pretty much shrug emoji and back where we started.
0: Dustin, you and I talked a little bit about this. I mean, this was I I kind of did a little bit more napkin math after we did that, and you know I, I'm I think if people kind of really lay this out for for Governor Cuomo and and try to explain that there actually is probably more money in doing the in doing you know m- multiple licenses, multiple people coming into play there than there is in trying to run this through the lottery because we're talking about multiple licensing fees, you know, upwards of 14 different. Licensing fees, which, as we know, they were they are willing to pay for. We saw we saw with Pennsylvania. We were wondering if any of these sports books would be willing to do that. We know that they are. We know that they did. And this is New York. We're talking about. So we know they're going to pony up a massive licensing fee and having more having more people involved within the state is only going to give you an avenue to get more New Yorkers involved in sports betting, to get more of those people to uh, to get going as they compete for business and stuff like that. So I think if I think if there is a a, some sound minds there to to sit down and kind of show how everything works out, I think that drawing the conclusion that more is better would probably win. But uh, maybe I'm just being optimistic.
1: You would hope, I mean, the basics of it are, are simple. We talk about this all the time. Monopolies are bad, but New York will make money if they have a single operator mm-hmm. only paying money to the state of New York for their, or sharing revenue with them. They will make money. I agree with you that they will not, reach their ceiling and that is not the only reason to legalize sports betting either we're again we talk about this all the time but you're you're trying to create something that's good for the consumer uh, a monopoly the lo- lotteries let's put let's face that this too. lotteries are not good for consumers are not good for you they, they create revenue and, and fund programs but they are not good for consumers you can do both here you can you can have a, a a relatively competitive sports betting market make plenty of money for the state heck tax tax it more and have more operators like you can mm-hmm. but we I mean we'll even see we have Pennsylvania numbers coming out we saw Pennsylvania not do as well as it had the previous month in November. Uh, maybe maybe there's starting to be some pullback because of what's going on with the the high rate of taxation in Pennsylvania. Maybe that's not ideal either. So I mean, I'm not saying you only have to tax tax revenue at five percent. You can get you can take more of the revenue if you think that's what needs to happen to make this work for your state. But um, I'm with Adam. This is this is a, a lot of what Cuomo wants. If Cuomo you know if Cuomo wants this X way and is not willing to budge. And you know the the the, the lawmakers mm-hmm. on the ground have have this other open model, and there's no wiggle room that we're not going to see this this year. If Cuomo, if if we have a possibility of Cuomo looking at it and saying yes, I'm open to suggestions and, and meeting in the middle, um, maybe we'll lose a little bit of revenue, but we'll have a have of a, a, a more vibrant market that works for New Yorkers. Then then we have a chance. But you know I don't think anybody sitting here right now knows what the answer to that question is. We'll have we have a lot more questions and answers. But you know we we still sit here. We're talking about sports betting and New York, it has some sort of shot getting through, and uh maybe maybe we'll see something happen too. I'll add an addendum on to this too. Like because the analysts were stock analysts yeah not we're not stock analysts, <laughs> but people raised the target on Penn National slash Barstool because of the chatter in New York. This is nonsense. Do not. Uh, they don't even I,
0: have a path to 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 licensure, right?
1: No, I mean the This is what I, this is the point I'm making. Penn National, if if Cuomo's plan, there is no way for them to get in. They cannot. They are, they are not mm. going to be the single operator. They are not one of the uh, uh, sportsbook operators that is partnered with uh, a casino in the in the state. They would have to somehow uh, usurp one of those licenses. Maybe if we got the the legislative plan, which has up to 14 licenses, I don't see that being terribly likely given everything. You know, we're we're more likely to get bound to a single skin market where every casino commercial and tribal has one skin. And again, those deals are already spoken for. There's there is no no way. And that's on top of that. Who knows what? What are our chances of, of legalizing at all? Any of these things? Uh, I don't know. Adam, uh, Adam and I probably put it at less than a coin flip, certainly. Uh, depending on you can be way more. So what what amount of these scenarios benefits Barstool and Penn National, a a, a small amount of them, especially, I mean, mean, even talking fives, there's a very good chance they get shut out entirely. There's a very good chance New York doesn't do anything. So if you're buying Penn National stock based on what's going on in New York, I, I think you're nuts, let's put it that way.
2: Well, but of course, everybody listening, keep in mind we know DraftKings is the only stock that Dustin touts. It's true. So just <laughs> understand that he, you know, he's contractually obligated to talk down every other stock. And uh, <laughs> and, I, and, and I, Adam I'm not Pura. shorted. I'm not
1: shorted. Penn National. I, I do. I actually don't invest in stocks in, in the gaming stocks. I yeah. I try to keep out of it. I mean, if you. I, I I did buy a little bit of DraftKings at the beginning, and then I sold it well before it got to where it is today. Yeah, yeah, I just thought there was a chance there. But Penn National is up to one hundred and five dollars as we sit here today. That like, and this is all apparently all based on. Barstool, sorry, we've devolved into Barstool, but it's an interesting topic, and mm. I, I'm fascinated by the stock market on this. They, they are again. We're going to see what they do in Pennsylvania. They, their numbers come out next week. They were number three. I don't see them being any more than number three, and, and so everybody's buying this mm. based on Barstool being the number three operator across the country. And there's still not in any other states. I guess they're going to be in Michigan soon. But it's the whole thing is is really really <laughs> speculative and wild when you look at it from 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 where I sit.
0: And Adam, if we can't get if we can't get anything mobile done in New York, our our buddy, poor Brett Colson over at the lines, <laughs> just going to have to keep making that drive, keep making that drive to go bet in person, never going to be able to bet in game. He's just, it's always going to be woe is me from our, from our buddy, Brett.
2: The state of Pennsylvania welcomes his business. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, Dustin, let's talk about one of the states that we've talked about being kind of like the Holy grail. And this is kind of a little bit, out of nowhere, uh, Texas is a state that has no form of gambling, what's, uh, gaming whatsoever. They do have the lottery over there, but they don't have any forms of, uh, of gaming within the state. And that's why it was so peculiar to see not only some rumors start, but not only those rumors started getting tied to very influential and powerful people. Within the state. I mean, there were rumors about, you know, there was an article that came out about the Sands Corp that maybe Sheldon Adelson was looking into Texas. And then that starts to snowball into what we have over at at LSR with some other incredibly rich and incredibly important people (laughs) within that state that look like they're uh, looking into gaming as well.
1: Yeah, the, the, the rumors have been floating out there about Texas and sports betting for a while. Uh, the the wonky legislative part of this Texas only legislature only meets every two years, only for a few months. I think they wrap up in May. Uh, so they have a very short window while they're legislating everything else that's going on, dealing with the covid crisis, et cetera, et cetera. So there is short time to do this, but there is a it is a draft bill out there that would license horse racing tracks and the, the state's professional sports teams uh, to conduct sports betting and partner with, with sports books to offer it. Uh, you're right. It is not a big state. There are bingo halls or some tribal casinos, uh, out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, uh- play some cards sometimes in some places but there this is this is what you this is what you end up with when you don't have incumbent casinos right deal uh, drafting the bill because there's there are none of them so you kind of you, you, you have all these sports teams saying hey why don't we just run this and you know they have a lot of pool you have Jerry Jones uh Mark Cuban uh to the biggest names there that everybody I'm sure listening to this podcast knows uh, and you have Tillman Fertitta of the Houston Rockets who uh, has his own online gambling uh, entity in Golden Nugget and in addition to casinos uh, in, in in parts of the country, so we have we have the all these very powerful people who are trying to push for sports betting. So, uh, you know, uh, this is this is not something you know. I I don't know what the chances are, but it is a non-zero chance. We have a lot of people who are involved with this, who are who have lots of money and want this to happen. So, when I look at it, I think maybe we got a shot at this. It's who knows as we, we progress here in the next few months, but you know, you've got to put Texas on the map and we have some chance of that. We'll have, have legal betting in Texas sometime in the not too distant future, but if it doesn't get done this year, then you're punting all the way to 2023.
0: Uh, Adam, this is, you know, massive news just because of the state that we're talking about, but I think it is a little bit more than this kind of just, just crazy pie in the sky thing because of who is involved within the state. Right. I mean, we know we, we know the what kind of weight Mark Cuban, Jerry Jones, Tilman Fertitta, what type of weight these guys carry within that state. I mean, yes, they own professional sports teams, but they own a lot of other businesses as well. They, own, they have a lot of other business interests that uh, brings a lot of money to that state. And of course, when really rich people want something to get done, it tends to move at a more rapid pace than if you and I want something done.
2: Well, one caveat to that, Tillman Fertitta is not carrying nearly as much weight uh, now that he traded James Harden away from the Houston Rockets. (laughs) That's a a lot of weight to let go. Uh, Yeah, the the triumvirate there of Jerry Jones, Mark Cuban and Tillman Fertitta certainly could get things moving in Texas. Do I think it happens this session if you're looking for advice? Probably not. It would be pretty quick to get everything together. But if this is what greases the skids for the next time they get together, then Mm. that wouldn't be terribly surprising
0: that i think is probably what is going on here right it's more of a okay let's get this let's get the ball rolling now so that whenever this thing rolls back around next time we have every all the plans in place this is exactly how we're going to do it this is where it's going to be yada 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 all the stuff like that and and then they move on from there but uh interesting news nonetheless and especially when it has some super powerful super wealthy people involved um Adam, it's uh, you know, it is we're doing this about 1230 Pacific on January the 14th. We don't have Michigan launched yet, but maybe any minute now.
2: Yes, that is true. And you could come back tomorrow at this time and say exactly the same thing and probably <laughs> Monday as well. Uh, well what's going to happen in Michigan in terms of launches, there's not going to be. One starting line for everyone to line up and all go at the same time. It's going to be a rolling launch in Michigan. So, what we've seen is that there are a handful of sports books that are pretty much ready to go. That's what we heard this week at the meeting of the Michigan Gaming Control Board. And they are going to be allowed to soft launch, meaning open up the products for a testing phase that will have to happen for a couple of days before they're officially licensed. But they will be able to go with those soft launches essentially as they're ready. Uh, Now, we know that that is likely to happen again to put this in air quotes within the next few days, but likely that sometime next week, you will see some form of launch. And keep in mind, the goal with all of this is to be up and running for everybody by the Super Bowl. So you want to see that you have a week or two to work things out before your sports book is trying to handle the largest wagering day of the year.
0: Yeah, it's uh, Dustin, as we we know, I mean, the two largest betting events are back to back on the sports calendar and getting going by the Super Bowl also means that you're up and going for March Madness, which those two things are the uh, holy grail when it comes to betting events for sports books. And so uh, while we sit here on the 14th, really the target date that first week of February to make sure that everything is rocking and rolling.
1: Yeah, and I'm I'm with that. I mean, better. We, I hope we're not launching on Super Bowl Sunday. That would be. I mean, that would be kind of wild. It's also. I mean, it's also (laughs) a little bit of a perfect storm. A launch plus. Right around the Super Bowl is kind of your perfect acquisition model if you can make it happen, right? I mean, obviously, earlier better in mm-hmm. terms of you just get the ball rolling. But it's uh, you know, if you're looking to bet on sports in Michigan, you have the Super Bowl coming up. This is you know, uh, this is attractive for a better and for a sports book operator. We'll see. Uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm contracted to say online casino also on the way. We I get tons of questions about online poker in Michigan as well. That's not going to happen right at launch doesn't seem like but it might be pretty soon after uh and it will, it will not be with and uh, it will not be contracting compacting with other states you'll only be playing against folks in Michigan but it does look like we're going to see poker stars in not too distant future in Michigan uh for poker so uh yeah i we're we're going to it's good, it's going to happen before the super bowl it's just a matter of of the when it's it doesn't seem like there's anything that's going to hold that that date that that deadline up at least
0: Let's head to your neck of the woods, up Oregon, Washington State, up in the Pacific Northwest. We have some news coming out of both of those places.
1: We should play Oregon City or Washington City with Matt Yakima.
0: Washington. That's correct.
1: I, I thought that might be a little Bam. too easy. I gave, you, I gave you an easy one. Yeah, I, I didn't pick a college go. town because you wouldn't know. You wouldn't geography know. Matt
2: <laughs> strikes
0: again. <laughs> uh, it feels so good when I get a geography question for
1: uh, yes, we have we have active legislation uh, or or at, least, or at least the possibility of expansion of sports betting in both Oregon and, and Washington. Uh, here in Oregon, where I live, we have a monopoly operator through the lottery. There is a bill that is that was put forward uh, with the, the blessing of the governor, allowing for uh, people who are attracted with to with horse racing to do online horse racing, to have a, a competitive market here where you just. Can, can come in and, and open up sportsbooks here. So it, it would be a far more competitive market than what we have right now. Uh, the chance of that, I don't know. Uh, even here in Oregon, I don't know this. You, you would think coming from a Democratic governor with a Democratic legislature, this would mean very good things. Uh, there, it's not exactly certain where this is going. Uh, you know, It's weird because the lottery falls under the executive branch. Uh, that money comes, you know, that the, the lottery reports to the governor, too. So maybe there's there's some weirdness there of saying, oh, we're going to we have the lottery and then we're going to set up a competition for it over here with this other little bill. You know, uh, the easiest path there is, would be to the lottery, go take RFPs and have more, you know, have more books under the lottery. So who knows how that what that happens with this uh, Oregon, the Oregon legislature, again, you know, you think that the Democratic governor hopefully with 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 majority in both uh, legislative parts of legislature, maybe something happens. We don't know. It's uh, we're still specking that out. Washington, same thing, Uh, same thing. We're seeing a lot of States. They're seeing the possibility for more revenue. They have legalized, uh, sports betting at retail casinos uh, at tribal casinos around the state but they are looking at this as a way to like a lot of places to help the help the state budget and what's going on this is led by card rooms and uh, uh, that are around the states that are that are commercial nature and not related to the tribal gaming industry Uh, they have they were they fought tooth and nail against the tribal casinos having these sports books so uh, the bill at least is bipartisan it's got democratic and Republicans signing on to it so another one where uh, we have a we have a chance tribal gaming is very powerful in washington uh, it's it's a, it's a little difficult to see it getting through but you know these the you know when you're trying to make budgets work uh, that's what we're seeing in new york you, you, these are not these are not budget solvers but when you're trying to prevent cuts of programs or trying to not raise taxes somewhere else sports spending can be a piece of that and we're seeing that i think both in in oregon and washington
0: Adam when we talk about feeder markets into the Vegas area and and certainly that gives the sportsbooks a boost around uh around these big events and stuff we we often mention southern california even san francisco people coming in from from utah but we don't really talk about phoenix all that much but uh definitely a feeder market for uh for for us for sports betting purposes around these big events we talk about the super bowl the march madness type stuff even some of the bigger horse races and the uh and the uh in the masters and such but uh arizona of course is, is can't sit out. Right. I mean, every state has somebody who's talking about trying to get it done within their state. And it looks like uh, somebody has stepped up in Arizona as well.
2: Might want to fo- talk to the folks in Utah about everyone has someone in their state <laughs> trying to get it done. But uh, <laughs> yep, there is definitely movement in Arizona. Uh, there was movement last year, too. We saw a bill submitted that was a bit of an outlier among bills that we've seen that would essentially allow tribal entities who are the entirety of gaming in Arizona uh, to have kiosk locations in bars and other locations around the state. Now, this is complicated in terms of both Arizona law and in terms of both federal law governing where Indian gaming can happen. It depends on where you consider the bet to be placed. Is it placed on the phone, on the kiosk, or is it placed at the server on the reservation. So that would have to be worked out. What are we dealing with right now here today? Governor Doug Ducey uh, put in his State of the State address that he wants to expand a number of forms of gaming when it comes to the new tribal gaming compacts that need to be completed for 2022. So that includes mobile sports wagering And now the governor's blessing is on this. You see a bill similar to the one from last year, reintroduced in the legislature this year. So there's movement, not just from the legislative side, which last year went nowhere. Uh, The bill died in committee without so much as a serious hearing. Uh, But now you see the governor saying, we need to modernize gaming in all forms and potentially getting tribal interests involved in this. Matt, you bring up a good point about Arizona being a feeder market. Keep in mind, that that big stadium down in Glendale is in the Super Bowl rotation. It is mm-hmm. in the college football playoff rotation for the championship game. So there are some major events that sports books could be looking to take advantage of when you talk about the greater Phoenix market.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, and beautiful stadium down there. If you guys probably saw it through the college football playoffs, if you didn't, it was, uh, it is, it is something else. No doubt about it. Uh, Adam, real quick, let's just, uh, This isn't one of these major, you know, Fox, NBC, ESPN type deals. But, you know, there are more people cutting the cord out there. And with that, Fubo has started to emerge a little bit from a bunch of the cord cutters when it comes to how they acquire their their television media. And with that, Fubo said, hey, you know, uh, we're already online and people are already, you know, using us while they're connected to the Internet and different things like that. So why don't we uh, why don't we look into the sports betting thing?
2: Yeah, I mean, why not? Right. Uh, if you're looking to differentiate yourself as a streaming service right now, you can kind of be out in the front of this. Right. So uh, Fubo went and got itself a sports book. Um, so, yeah, uh, VigTory, haha, in case you don't know, V-I-G-T-O-R-Y, VigTory, sportsbook book acquired uh, by Fubo. And so Fubo is going to launch its own sportsbook. Now, of course, you're dealing with a sportsbook that right now is only licensed in one state, in Iowa, but Iowa's market did just become a lot more attractive when we hit January 1st because it is now no more in-person registration for Iowa. That initial period that had been mandated by the law has expired. You now have remote registration, remote funding in Iowa. So it kind of puts Iowa on an even uh, footing with other states around it. So, Matt, I think the, the most interesting thing about this is the convergence, right? The, mm-hmm. the opportunity for now a channel to integrate sports betting into its programming in a a streaming channel, I should say, uh, you know, I- in a twenty four seven kind of way, right? It's not a sports betting network yeah. per se, but they now own a sports book and can kind of work this in however they want. So, I mean, is it Fox? No, obviously, it doesn't have that kind of reach when we talk about Fox and Foxbet. But it certainly is. Uh, it's an interesting first step in terms of the convergence of a media company, a streaming. Service and a sports book.
1: without and, knowing uh, without know, knowing what they paid. I mean, I I kind of like the deal, right? I think it's I think it's interesting. Like, if you are going to well, be
0: that's where I was going with this, Dustin. Right. I was going to ask you is like because I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, you are already on the internet, right? Because you are streaming, so you are just a click away. It's not like you know you can see the Caesars branding on ESPN all day long, but you right. still have to go seek out the Caesars app or go to the website or whatever as a second you know thing to, that you are doing, and and that's with all these other brands. But you know, at the end of the day, if you are watching on on Fubo, you're, you're connected to the internet already. And so like there could be this pop-up thing. Most TVs are also web browsers these days as well. Like has something built in. So I imagine the goal here is like, Hey, click here now with your TV remote. And then it would open up a, a web browser or whatever.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just, I just respect the move. I mean, you're going to, if you're Fubo, your, yeah. your, your, your core business is sports streaming. You, why not just go on a sports book? Why not? It's, it's thinking big. I think yeah. that's, that's what I, that's what I like about it. Maybe it fails. Maybe it falls flat on its face, but you have a chance instead of just taking the advertising dollars, you get, you get to run it and you, 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 you know, again, just Iowa right now, but there are, there's, there are other opportunities. I hope they rebrand it too. That is. We, I think we've joked about yes. this name. I, I, the name is you is kill joy. I, I know. I mean, other, I mean, who like who even knows what? I mean, other than sports betting, Twitter, right. who even knows what Vig is? Anyway, exactly. Oh, but, I, exactly. but I digress. But I, I, other than that, and I have no idea. We have no idea what Fubo paid for this. Like, if they paid uh, nine figures, that's probably nonsense. But if they if they got this, re- I figure they got this. You know, relatively small amount of multiple over revenue. Um, and if I'm wrong, somebody tell me, somebody call in or, or DM me and tell me, but it's, but yeah, I like, I like it. I like, I like a sports streaming service owning a sports book and like your upside is a lot. I think if you, if you if you look at the deal from that perspective.
0: So let's uh, Let's revisit a topic from last week Dustin where uh, MGM Of course partnered up With what is now called Intane um, That was of course Formerly GVC. and if you're more Familiar with the brands behind that Ladbrokes would be one that you would be Familiar with if you're within the gaming circle um, we, know, we talked about MGM Wanting to go ahead And just acquire Intain. it did not look like their Initial go at it was uh, enough money, so it looks like they might have come back and uh, going gonna to give this thing a second go.
1: Yeah, so the largest stakeholder in MGM, uh, IAC, uh, which uh, took that stake, I believe, sometime early last year. Is that right, Adam? Um, I in think information. I th- so, <laughs> so they're the largest stakeholder, and they have agreed to add a billion dollars to the deal. Now, I don't think we got an official response on from Entain, other than they were, they were open to further offers. They thought the initial offer of eleven billion dollars, mostly in stock, undervalued the company, and they they kind of dismissed it. So, this means, uh, you know, IAC is investing. It had when it made the initial investment in MGM, said it was doing this for the possibility of online gambling. So obviously it it wants to see this happen because that's the reason they invested in MGM in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, we, we have sweetened the pot. What is is 12 billion cash in stock enough? Uh, guess not, probably. But, you know, if you're looking to, to, get, to get closer and start, you know, shareholders start, you, you keep upping the price and maybe shareholders start changing their minds, saying maybe we should be doing this. So, you know, again, this, the whole thing is MGM trying to own its own stack. Uh, trying to, to own Entain instead of this partnership that it, that it has in the United States for, for online gambling and sports betting. Um, so we'll see. Uh, there's not. I mean we have not seen the deal be said, yes, we're going to do this. So we're probably going to need to see more sweetening, I think. Or, or we might just see this go off into the sunset and the, and the partnership between MT, Entain and MGM continues for the short term.
0: Adam, I'm going to speak for the three of us whenever I say that this podcast is for sale for one billion. Uh, We will we will we will entertain offers. And if you come with a B in front of the offer, it is yours like you. We we, we will we will just gladly take that. And uh, this podcast can turn into whatever you want it to.
2: One billion lira, one billion pesos. Uh, We will take anything with a B in front of it. It doesn't have to be dollars. We we are flexible.
0: Yes. Bitcoin,
2: whatever. Yes. Yeah. One billion, yes. One Bitcoin. billion Bitcoin. Yes. I, I don't even care how far it's fallen. No problem. Yes. Yes. Our oh. favorite,
1: our favorite listener and coworker, Julian, if you, you could, you could pay us a billion dollars and then we'll just talk about whatever you want to. Uh, yeah. Think yeah. About that. We'll just make think this the Julian
0: that. cast. Yeah. This yeah. Will, this will be the Julian podcast every week. Uh, and Adam, take us home here with, uh, with DC and what is going on over there. And of course, like, let's go ahead and, and take our, our, our monthly crack at gambit.
2: Sure. Well, I mean, there's Matt, there's a lot going on in DC these days, uh, but let's go yeah. ahead and keep it specifically to the sports book side because we know you can hear about the other stuff just about anywhere else. Uh, so now we see BetMGM expanding a partnership here with the Washington Nationals. Uh, the Nationals will now have a sports book located within Nationals Park, and also you will have the BetMGM app available within a two-block geofenced radius near the stadium. That's the way that the law works in D.C. Uh, the D.C. Council essentially set it up so that our good friends at Intralot and Gambit D.C. Uh, are the only ones allowed to have a district-wide app, but you can have these geofenced apps working within a certain radius of stadia. So when you have Nationals Park, BetMGM, you also have uh, the... Uh, I believe it's Capital One Arena downtown uh, where William Hill is able to operate. They have the retail sportsbook and they're going to be launching uh, the mobile app within the radius of that arena as well. What does it ultimately mean? That Gambit has another competitor that is going to knock it silly. Um, We know that the Intralot product has been dealing terrible lines since the start. Uh, We've seen that it has been getting lapped by a retail sports book uh in William Hill down at the uh, at the Capitals and Wizards Arena and now you put another big entrant into the market here with BetMGM and and it just makes you wonder at what point does the DC council potentially go back to Intralot and revisit this contract we've heard from the spokesperson uh that you know they're getting what they want out of the deal because they feel like that their revenues aren't aren't too bad That'll be interesting to see how that keeps up if we continue to see deals that look like this, that bring in competition that is going to essentially make that app obsolete before long.
0: Guys, everything we talk about on this podcast, as you know, you can find over at LegalSportsReport.com. So go over there, take in all the great work being done by Adam and Dustin and all of their uh, crew over there with, with Matt and Brad and everybody else that is putting out really just the, the very best gambling news you can possibly find. If you're interested in uh, you know this growth in New Jersey, uh, you can go over there and you can look at the handle for all the states on a very uh, special handle page that we have if you're interested in handles. So be sure. And uh, take that in as well You can subscribe, rate and review Apple, Spotify, Stitcher and Google And follow Dustin and Adam On the Twitter machine At Dustin Galker At Adam Candy That is two E's No why And if you have some sort of uh, Something against yourself You can follow me At Matt Brown M2 For Dustin For Adam I'm Matt I'll Talk to you guys next week The, go through some emails, check your calendar, see that you have a 45-minute break in the day between meetings, realize this is your moment, so you drive right to McDonald's to pick up something extra delicious ASAP. Meal. Thank you. There's a meal for every moment at
2: McDonald's.
0: Buy one of your select faves and get another for just a dollar every morning, like a sausage McMuffin or hash browns. Prices and participation may vary. Valid for product of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined with any other offer. cabo meal valid when product served.